Hey, Fitness Business Secrets listeners. Today, we have an episode that might give your brain an explosive aha moment. We are talking to Tim Drummond, a celebrity personal trainer turned coach to personal trainers. In part one of this two-part interview, you're gonna learn some incredible techniques such as getting faster results and charging $18,000 per four-month transformation program with something called behavior change coaching. And you might ask yourself, could you be training and coaching wrong? You'll learn the most common error that trainers make that actually creates pushback from their clients. What exactly is behavior change? We're gonna listen to Tim's example conversation of how you can let your client lead the conversation. You'll also learn how to coach clients who are already gym rats, but are not seeing any results. Those are sometimes the most challenging. In today's episode, using behavior change coaching, you'll also learn how to, well, call out clients to keep them on track, but still have them respond positively. Now this might sound like mushy gushy stuff, but when you think about the numbers, it will definitely convert you. In this episode, you're gonna learn how to make 200 or $300,000 per year, but without then having to worry about being overwhelmed with constant messages from clients. In addition, you'll learn how to set values and expectations with your clients and what software tools Tim uses to educate his clients. And then at the end of today's episode, you're gonna learn how to and why you should wait until week four of your program to have clients start logging any meals, but how you can still see 12 pounds of weight loss by week six. Stay tuned, it's a great episode. Fitness coaches, get more clients by learning the secret techniques successful trainers and gym owners are using to grow their business in person and online. Create multiple streams of income by training clients online, selling challenges, and growing your membership. This is the Fitness Business Secrets Podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Oshita. I've built two fitness businesses to about a half million dollars each by improving marketing, sales, and operations. Let's grow your sales and your clients. Today's guest is Tim Drummond. Tim went from being a futures trader to a personal trainer. Because of his success with training top executives and celebrities, he went on to becoming the best-selling author. One of his books is called Coach to the A-List. Tim, using his behavioral change techniques, was able to still charge three dollars to $4,000 a month. And because of his passion for coaching, he now trains other personal trainers to build successful training businesses online and while living in the sunny Mediterranean island of Malta. Hey, everyone. So this is Fitness Business Secrets, and Tim is a special guest. He has done a lot with creating his own online programs and found a lot of success online after being a very successful offline personal trainer and he has certain ways that he's done it so I'm just curious to find out his path to his own success and also what he is seeing is working online to create behavior change for your clients and also to just make your program your fitness training program online successful how are you doing today Tim very good very good cool thank you so much for being on the show so my first question reading learning about you. I think you live in Malta. I do. It's on the other side of the world. <laughs> oh, I most people think. It's in the Mediterranean, basically. Right. It's hot. Yeah. Okay. Well, it looks fun and luxurious. So you're living the life. I know before you were living, I think, was it Hollywood? Or no, you... I lived in London. Okay. You live in London. I think I was just reading celebrities. So I thought you're training celebrities. Oh, I what... had a few clients. Yeah. 
what was your start or what was your pre-online personal training life before you were training um, online? What were you? I think to be honest, it was probably just what most people were. I just got into it because I enjoyed doing it. Before that, I had a proper job. I was a futures trader. It's a bit like working on Wall Street, but the uh-huh. equivalent in London. And a really amazing opportunity to get a job that out of uni. And most of the time I spent reading nutrition and training stuff. So I ended up just doing it because I just wanted to do something that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I went fitness first. I don't know what the equivalent over there was, the box gym. I just mm-hmm. did it because I enjoyed it. So started in fitness first. was pretty good at it. Like reasonably good straight away, reasonably good at building businesses, talking to people. And I was probably there for about five years. Yeah, I loved it. I loved being a personal trainer. Okay. So what made you decide to start training? Did you make that jump just to train clients online? Is that the next transition for you? Well, first of all, I didn't quite know this at the time, but I started to, I was, I was charging a reasonable amount in the box gym that I was in. I was probably charging about $10, $15 more than everyone else. And then I really just enjoyed reading about nutrition, probably mostly nutrition. And then I started realizing that some of my clients would do everything I said and some would do nothing. Literally, I remember I had two clients at the same time. They, they started around the same week. They were the same age, same job. They looked the same. They were both wanting to lose two dress sizes. One of them did everything I said. And I thought, oh, the best trainer ever, obviously. And then the other one, which at the time I had a little bit of cognitive distance, she didn't do anything. And I remember one day we were doing leg presses and she just basically started saying, why aren't I getting results? And I just, I tried to defend it. I tried to say, and I, I didn't know how to deal with that question. And then later on, I started thinking, well, why didn't she? Because I'm telling them both the same thing. Now, of course, they're individuals and slightly different programs, but I was still saying, do this, do that. And one of them just did everything. And she lost two dress sizes in nine weeks. And the other one did nothing and left. And I started just getting into habits and reading things, Switch and Mindset by Carol Dwork. And, and that was at the point where I started realizing, I wouldn't have called it behavior change, but I started realizing there's more to this than just what I know about training and, and, and nutrition. And bit by bit, I just started incorporating more of that and more. What I ended up realizing was behavior change coaching. I then started selling very high priced programs in London. I was charging $3,000 a month per client. And then I started doing some transformations and they were $18,000, 16 weeks. By the time I got to, especially the transformations, I realized that you had to create your whole business model around for me anyway around something that's fundamentally set up to get the best results possible for your clients not something that's set up that a client's with you for eight years and they never actually hit any of the goals that they because they will stay there by the way they'll they'll keep paying you and it's fine there's nothing wrong with that but what i realized a lot of marketers will say sell the result so what i realized is when i could get a result in a short amount of time then people are drifting along doing a year of personal training and I'm actually getting a transformation I could charge a lot of money and then I got up to what I would say is probably the limits of even the top people in London I I might have been able to charge a bit more and then I 
this was back in the day. Online wasn't particularly big. It wasn't, it is now. There wasn't everyone selling this as mentoring and stuff. But I started working with a coach and basically he just taught me how to do it very quickly and showed me how to market and sell. I was already a really good coach though. And I'm like, behave. I already knew that. I did a, a master's level diploma in life coaching and personal coaching it was. So when I did go online, I felt confident to charge a lot of money. And partly because I, I, I knew that most of what I was doing with my clients was here and the training and the nutrition was important, but I needed to figure out what was going on on their head more than anything else, which for me was where online really stepped into its own. So that was the step of actually doing it myself. And I worked with a lot of brides and had some real success in, in that online. I just knew that, and there's a lot of confusion, I think, with what online looks. I just knew that actually it was better for my clients. And my clients actually started getting better results than they did when I used to personal train them. So that, uh, that was like, I don't know, five years ago. I, I was sold pretty quickly on when you actually do it properly, the results your clients get. Yeah. So you moved online and when you trained them, what was your service? Did you just send them a program with videos or did you actually train them virtually? No. So I, I know that that was a big move that people were making three or four months ago. To be honest, I had a couple of my new clients and they panicked and I said, look, let's, let's just defend what you've got at the moment. So if you need to do Zoom workouts, just do it. But it doesn't solve most of the problems of personal training there. It did in COVID, by the way, but normal, it doesn't because it's not scalable. It's a worse option if you're going to train people generally than if you did it in the gym. You still have to work the wrong hours and all of that stuff. So I actually went straight into, and again, looking back now, I had a lot of confidence in what I was doing. It depended on the client. A lot of what I teach now is based on the five years of doing this and since then. But some of my clients didn't get training programs until at least week six. And I realized it reasonably soon that as I talked to them on the first coaching call, which is an hour on Skype, and I would start asking them, what, what do you think the problem is? Why do you think you can't lose weight? What's been the biggest trouble over the last three years? And it, it was never really about, oh, well, I don't deadlift or I don't choose the right exercises or the right rep range. It was always eventually... I have unhealthy habits around eating. I eat when I'm stressed. I eat when I'm depressed. I, I know I should do this, but I don't. And bit by bit, I realized a lot of it, I could just ask them, like, what do you think you should do? And mm. as I started doing that and I learned more about behavior change, I just realized when they say it and it's their plan, they're way more to do it. I actually studied this at university when I studied management. So if you go into a company and try and change the culture, you don't just go into a company and go, right, everyone used to do it, let's do it that. Because they'll, they'll do the opposite. Psychology mm -hmm. of pushback. They act children. And I think a lot of fit pros, they just tell their clients to do stuff because they know it's right, but their clients don't do it. And, they, and often it's actually, they're, they're almost, they push back because they feel judged by the trainer, etc. So what I realized is that I would actually say things to them like on the first coaching call, which was, what exercise have you been doing recently over the last six months? I'd have a way of framing it. And a lot of the time, they'd just say nothing, nothing. And especially when you're doing online, a lot of your clients aren't already in the gym, which is very different from personal training. So a lot of the time, they're doing nothing at all. And in my head, in the system I teach now, we, we use checkpoints. And it's basically week four and eight and 10. 
And all I'm teaching my guys at the moment is by week four, you want your clients to be doing three 30-minute workouts a week, which is much better than none sitting on the sofa. And we tended to look, or I tended to when I first started and now, I tended to look a little bit more into the nutrition side. And then what I would do is as I improved that, towards the end of the 12 weeks, we would start working on things, program design. So I even did, did literally design the program with them on the call. What exercises are you doing? And they'd get excited. Which one would you want to do next? And to a lot of personal trainers, and it would have occurred to me at the time, we're so tied up in how important our knowledge is around program design that we think that's so important. And we've also got results with clients in the past because we're good at program design. But I just realized that if I can get my clients to be excited about exercise and working out, they're going to actually do it. Other things I did, what do you want to do this week? And they'd say, oh, I want to run around the park. Cool. What time are you going to do that? Three. How long? 45 minutes. And then I'd just say, do you need anything for me? And they're like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to run. I do the run walk. So generally now the way it's coming is in the 12 weeks, it's normally the last four or five weeks that we really work on program design but it's a big shift for a lot of trainers i think some don't want to accept it if you're working with athletes etc yeah of course that's very important but if you're working with just normal people their problem is they don't exercise that's the biggest problem you need to solve and they hate it so i would i just trial and terror to be honest yeah so you're integrating just behavioral coaching with your programs and it really your target market were the people who weren't even out of the gym yet who maybe they were afraid of going to the gym versus the people who are okay i love the gym i just want to get at the six pack now they're so close so it's interesting because yeah that would be the perception you would get but then i also got clients that were total gym freaks or gym bunnies and obviously I have a sales process and I, I had a conversation with them and it was expensive. So people generally weren't coming to me if it was just, eh. there was still, there needed to be a relevant amount of pain and struggle and something that they wanted to achieve. So I had clients on a sales call, which then we were talking and we ended up becoming clients. They were going to the gym five times a week. Yeah, they were still two stone overweight. If you actually think about the level of pain there, that's higher pain than if you're, not going to the gym ever and you're two stone overweight because you're actually doing something about it in your own head. You still can't get the result you want. So in some ways, those clients are the ones that actually, they're obviously even more driven. And what I tended to realize with those clients is that I didn't need to touch their training. The training wasn't a problem because they were already doing five times a week. Where did the problem lie? That's where we started doing more of the intervention, which a lot of it is obviously nutrition. But then it was, why does someone drink too much at the weekend? Sometimes it's just a lack of awareness of literally that damage in the calories. Sometimes we'd have to program design for them so they could go out on the weekend still. They just have to eat less in the week. Lots of different things around, let's say, emotionally driven eating. They're aware of it, but they're not. So it, it did end up almost being two camps. And again, I think the people that were in the... I'm not saying this is totally always the truth, but some of my clients work with a lot of very successful business owners, entrepreneurs, executives. They tend to play hard, work hard. They train really well, 
but something's going on that they're just messing up. There you go. That they're messing up their their goals. Sometimes it's just shining a light on what's really going on here. Hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting. A few other trainers that I've spoken to who are focused more on training right now, lots of times they might even say, you, you paid me to teach you and you're not being coachable. So here's your money back. And that could work for some clients, right? They're like, okay, okay, okay. But if you had more of a softer approach and your next thing might be, so what's happening? What's difficult? Why aren't they coachable? Maybe in the beginning. Yeah. And so number one, I think that that's a reason, an ethical place to be, i.e. what's going on. You're not doing what I've asked you to do. Here's your money back. It's a lot better than just, I don't really care. I'm just going to keep taking your money. And you said around the softer side. Well, yeah and no, in some ways, because there's a, there's a model in, in psychology called transactional analysis. And basically it goes that it's the way that we interact with ourselves, but it's also the way we interact with other people. So it goes adult parent, child, and the parent you could call like what's called critical parent. And it's basically the conversations we have with ourselves plus the conversation that I have with my clients as a coach. And you could be a bit, I don't know, you could be a bit stereotypical and say, well, you would expect that you would probably be softer with a female client than you would would be with a male client. It's actually not true. Men have a lot of struggles with, especially the most successful guys. They they can never tell anyone about how they're struggling in certain things. So they Mm -hmm. can't, a bit more nowadays but they couldn't back then talk about things stress and stress would be the word now you'd probably get into more mental health and stuff so you have to know how to approach these situations so even the most driven men in the world have some struggles that they need to be able to talk about which sounds very soft but if you read that there's a book called the charisma myth which um she talks about in there what makes someone very charismatic which could also include creating rapport, being a good coach, is strength times empathy. Can you move mountains? Will you move them for me? So when you get clients to realize that you're, you're doing this together, that you're not telling someone what to do, and again, this sounds very strange and it would have to me, but just telling your client what to do and them not doing it is not enough mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. because if it was that easy everyone would do it everyone would be rich everyone would be lean everyone would be sexy everyone would be happy that's not the reality of the world and it's not the reality of how someone's brain works so when you can get into and again i'm going to use very successful guys when you get into helping them where they realize that you are on their side you can tell them and call them out what you can't do is just call someone out all the time because they just they'll push back Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, you have to go the softer side, but it also allows you to bring up. I can tell my clients what to do and they'll do it because they have that relationship with me that probably a lot of those guys that you're talking about don't have. And by the way, maybe they also don't want to. Mm -hmm. So maybe they don't want to deal with that. I was getting paid more than most people were getting paid. Why would someone pay you so much? Mm-hmm. What were you being paid? The most I charged for in person was about $5,000 a month for about three and a half months. That was from one client. My online was about three grand up to about four and a half thousand. Per uh, month? For 12, weeks, for 12 weeks. So I know people that charge more than that, 
and probably charge more now. But the key there is if you want ideal clients, which is what a lot of people want, oh, I want the ideal clients who do everything I say, get used to not being paid as well. Because if they did everything what you say, they would also do everything that the next guy says. So you become a problem solver that solves problems for people that have been experiencing that for 10, 15 years. And you can change that in 12 weeks and really transform their whole mindset around the stuff. They will pay you incredible amounts of money. And the last client I took on, he had spent maybe $30,000, $40,000 on personal trainers in the past. Never did anything. We worked a lot on his motivation, like things, values. We got the truth out on why he did certain patterns and where they came from and how we can change those. He lost 30 pounds for I was amazing. Genuinely, he's just couldn't say enough good stuff. And he's kept it all off as well. It's great. So could you tell me then, do you have a specific approach outline that you used to help people process their challenges? And oh, and my other question was, within that process, besides eventually giving them programming, was your program essentially one hour coaching every week where you talk through things? Or did you have messaging and other things in your program? Oh, I love that question. So I was taught by a marketer. And so a lot of this initially came from someone who was talking about scaling my business. So he was, yes, you have a coaching call every week. Some people call it a check-in on Zoom, etc. And what a lot of fit pros do is they think that they can just automate all of this, which you can, by the way, but you probably can't charge a lot of money for that. Or you shouldn't be anyway. And so what we tried to do and I tried to do is streamline that time that I spent with each client. Now I can charge a lot of money. You, you probably can't scale this model to seven figures. That, that's just not going to happen. But you can scale to a point where most fit pros would be happy. You can certainly scale it to a few hundred thousand dollars. You probably wouldn't do it to $500,000, put it that way. Mm-hmm. But most fit pros would be okay with a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> so you need to get your price point right and you need to get the amount of time. Now, if someone wants to become an internet marketer and literally sit behind a laptop just creating squeeze pages and all that, this isn't the right place for them. This programming and way of doing things if you actually want to help your clients and you genuinely are interested in it as much as we all care but it's if you're interested in how can i take and my ego gets involved here how can i take a client who's failed with eight personal trainers and i can actually get through to them and i i used to love it and we needed to create a model that was scalable but what i realized is that i And this is where I've got to now. I create a template of how you deliver a coaching call. We call it the nine box coaching call method. And the aim is that you do everything on that call that they don't need to email you, message you, WhatsApp you. And I tell them they can't. But I don't tell them. I ask them questions and there's a flow of questions. So they realize that it's their idea. So if you read into things, persuasion and influence, telling is selling when they say it's the truth. So I would probably say something at the end of the first coaching call. Like I might joke and go, I'm assuming you don't want to be working with me for in three years time, right? You know, you'd hate that, wouldn't you? And they'd laugh. I go, I'm going to assist you though. I'm assuming you actually want this to be different. You want to 
learn how you can do this on your own going forward. I might even give them a little analogy about teaching people to fish or that. And they'd say yes. So, okay, cool. So can you see why it would be really beneficial if we do what we've done today, which is that we come up with the ideas together and you go away and you implement them. And they say yes. Why would that be important for you? And then it depends on their level of self-awareness and how much of this you practice. A lot of the time they go, well, because I know that if I can do this myself, then I can do it forever. Mm-hmm. And they've probably been indoctrinated by some of my marketing or my clients' marketing. And so everything that you're doing is around persuasion and understanding that they need to understand why it's important to them, not because, by the way, I don't want you to message me because I'm really busy and I'm going to charge you $3,000, but don't message me because I want to go to the beach. It doesn't look cool. But you can have a stream of questions where they'll get it. Probably mm-hmm. week three, I would bring them back. You remember we talked about it in week one and they'll say, yeah. And I go, have you noticed that I've not actually been doing anything? And it's funny because they get it. And I'll be seriously though, who's decided most of what we've done so far? And they'll always, they'll say, I did. And they, they, what they normally do is a little, it's a little like, even successful guys, it's this little, I did well, right? Like pat them on the head. And then I'll say, okay, so going forward, how about we really start getting you to, because they know enough clients. Clients know enough. They don't need your complicated evidence-based stuff, certainly not at the beginning. So the whole process is structured around what I call the values in the coaching call. So I do at the end of the call, tell them what they can, and this is what I teach, what they can and they can't do. Do you mind if I go over what my boundaries are? So I'll ask them, I ask permission to say this. So I teach the guys. And then when you do that, they'll give you permission to be able to say this. And I'd probably say something if you, and it depends who the client is, by the way, but if you email me on a Sunday, you ain't getting an answer. Joke, but it's true. Me saying my boundaries are that if you email me, I will get back to you, but it will be within 24 to 48 hours. And they'll say, okay, do you know why I'm saying that? And then they'll repeat that, the stuff that I said earlier. Well, I'm going to be doing this anyway, blah, blah, blah. The only thing I want is that I want them to be certain that they know what they're doing that week. So when I'm setting the goals, they are the ones that set the goals. I ask them, what do you want to do this week? So the way that we work is we'll get three days worth of food diary and they bring it to the call and we screen share, what do you want to change? And they'll always know they're not stupid. So they've, really been engaged in the whole conversation and then at the end of the call remind me what your goals were and about 20 percent of the time the people can't answer imagine if i hadn't asked that question they would have got off the call not being clear so mm-hmm. the fact that i've asked the question they have to be clear and if they don't know i'll be like it's fine i know there's a lot going on so just remind me and i remind them and then i'll say something is there any reason why you can that you can think of why you can't do that why you can't achieve that this week? And they think objections you would have in sales, they'll tell you. And the, probably the last touch point is when I'm setting the goals, I look at uh, what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and why they're going to do it. So what is it that you're going to do? I'm going to go to the gym three times. How are you going to make that happen? Oh, and I'll literally be talk me through it. What time are you going to wake up? Why are you going to do it that? And they'll say, because otherwise I end up not going to the gym after work, it's busy, etc. So I think that the structure for me is you have one short call every week and nothing else. We have a way of systemizing 
some of the coaching, the behavior change coaching, sort of, we call it our homework, but it's coaching models that we use. We do systemize into a platform. What, a, what platform? We use PT Distinction partly because of the way that we teach our clients, very habit behavior change based. Mm. So we actually do, we, we don't want our clients dicking around having to figure all this stuff out. So we actually do it for them. They use my system. And then obviously we teach them how to, well, it's more of a systemized way of delivering behavior change. So that's what they, the clients get. And I'm really sorry. I know you asked me another question. I've got a bit carried no. away. <laughs> I'm sure. Does Specifically, this make sense to you? It does. I'm going to use it on my boyfriend. <laughs> I, I did exactly the same thing. A lot of what I teach deep down is about persuasion and influence. Mm-hmm. And pers- ethical persuasion and influence just gets you more of what you want. Mm-hmm. You can talk to your children. I don't have children, but I watch, I don't know, I used to have super nannies. Don't ever ask a child a yes or no question. Don't put your clothes. Do you want to wear the red one or the blue one today? So you ask your child that and they'll say the blue. It just makes your life easier. And again, you can use this with your um, partners. Eventually, my, my missus actually realized, oh, stop with that, with that <laughs> shit, that question stuff. But I'd go into shops and, and I find it fun. And my, my headphones are broken and I was just like, oh, I'm going to have a bit of fun. Not fun, but I'm interested in this stuff. And instead of just complaining because they're not very good in multi, how long do you think that headphones should last if I buy them from the shop? She's looked at me, what a weird question. And then she's and then I said, no, just how long should they last? And then she's, well, six months. I was like, awesome, because I bought these four weeks ago and they're broken already. Mm. What do you do for me? Mm-hmm. So... Now, if you understand Maltese people, they basically don't want to do anything. They, they do. They're really nice, but they're quite temperamental. So you'd get into a, a discussion. So when you start to understand this stuff, you can use it on boyfriends, partners, kids, anything you want, sales, coaching. And it is just the power of the underlying thing is things like questions and the answers. Mm-hmm. You just shut up and listen to people. I know I'm talking a lot today. But oh, no. If you mm-hmm. just shut up and listen to people and ask them questions, they'll tell you what you need to know. It sounds like a system because I think some people are thinking, okay, questions, and they're still not sure how to do this. So is there a structure or other specific examples or even just walking me through a call where you can give them more light on how to specifically yeah. use a question. Hundred percent. So first of all, like it's the just the understanding that questions are the answers. Personal trainers are what we do is we tell people things, and when people want someone else to do something, we just program to just tell them. Well, I used to do it, and I'd get frustrated by the way because I, I realized I was just insecure about the fact that I was not getting results with certain clients I was frustrated and I would be well just get up earlier just get up half an hour earlier right what time are you getting up now 7 30 right get up at 7 you're gonna do that yeah like it wasn't even are you gonna you just they don't do it so right. personal training is a methodology of telling people things right. coaching is a methodology of asking questions and you can use guiding questions. You don't have to just leave it all up to them. But have you heard that protein is good for keeping you fuller for longer? Yes. Awesome. So how do you feel about incorporating some protein into your breakfast? Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Awesome. What, what do you do to be protein? So it could feel a really long-winded way of doing it. 
But what you'll start to realize is that you create a very different dynamic with people when you're not being seen as, I said, the adult parent child. The dynamic of most personal training relationships with clients, it feels subconsciously a teacher pupil relationship, which means number one, they will push back. Number two, they're all lying to you. All of your clients are lying to you. And part of the reason they're lying to you is because they don't feel they can be honest with you because they feel like they're going to be judged or they just can't be bothered with the hassle or you're just telling them. And by this time, they're just, oh, bore. So when you can understand how to create a relationship where they feel you're doing this together, they'll tell you the truth. They'll tell you their struggles. They'll admit all the stuff that they're not putting in your MyFitnessPal because they're lying to you if they say, oh, I swear to you, I'm eating... 1400 calories and I'm still not losing weight. That's not true. So mm-hmm. you can just understand as a principled level thing, the questions and the answers. It's hard for personal trainers to do though. Yeah. And I think it also feels, you said slower. I, I wonder if some people might think I would run out of time. We wouldn't get to everything I need to share with them in an hour. It'd take an hour to talk just about protein. How do you get around that? So you're right. There is a structure and even the way that you frame that, how do I tell them all the things that they need to know? Well, ask yourself if you're watching this, is the reason that your client overweight or not losing weight because they're not deadlifting? Like I love strength training. I love deadlifting. I want my clients, every client that I ever worked with to eventually get to that point. But that's not the reason why they're overweight. So Mm -hmm. the reason they're overweight is basically because they eat too much. So how much at first do you need to tell them and educate them? So for instance, I'll give you an example. The way that I program using MyFitnessPal, what most people would do is they might ask their clients a few questions on a welcome assessment, and then they'll give them macros and a a diet plan. It works with 20% of people, but with most people it doesn't. And if they say they're following it and they're not losing weight, there's nothing wrong with your program. They're lying to you. And often, sometimes, sometimes they're lying to themselves as well. And they might not even know it, right? So the way that I do it is over the first, in about week three, I just get them to download MyFitnessPal, which is exactly what you'd say. Well, and this is on the whole 12 weeks. Well, why does it take so slow? Because if you understand how hard change is for the human brain, you can really start to do it at the right pace. So I get them to download MyFitnessPal in week three. Week four, I ask them to simply plug in the food that they're eating for breakfast. Because what it does is it takes it from a this thing that feels, and it's not true, by the way, but it feels it's taking over their life. They have to remember for 14 hours of the day, what they'll normally do is they'll not do it properly. Uh, they'll push back. They'll get annoyed. They'll refuse to do it. They'll get emotional. So I can create a... 10 minute window in their day where they're just realizing that actually this isn't that hard. So they come back the next week and they're like, it was actually much easier than I thought. Awesome. Yeah. But what about all the rest of the day? You're already teaching them stuff. You're already taking some food out just from talking about what should you not eat or don't drink the cans of Coke, for instance. So then the week after that, we program lunch. The week after that, we program the whole day. And most of the time, because change is hard, they they keep up. And then at this point, we, we then start looking at how many calories. And generally speaking, I do two things. It's a, a calorie goal and a protein goal. But mm. 
what most fit pros do is you said, it, well, is it quick enough? You probably lost your client's way before that anyway. So mm-hmm. if you have the confidence and you charge up front, and this is a 12-week program, I know if I can get my clients tracking their food by week six properly, which never used to happen when I just told them to do it from week one, I've got probably a pound and a half, two pounds each week of those six weeks from just taking some shit out of their diet, which is pretty obvious. Now I can actually start individually tweaking things and they will be able to do learning a language you would never just go right here's the war and peace learn that they okay. just feel stupid so I'd be like week one learn hello goodbye go away practice that come back as far as in the coaching call and there's levels to this first of all it's more habits what you'll eventually get at some point and the more you do this the more you get into the actual behavior change you'll have what coaches call breakthroughs aha moments you just have a client realize that they eat because they're unhappy. Now, they probably know that, but they probably never told it to you or themselves. And if you're trying to fix someone at a level of just the right foods to eat and they're deeply unhappy or they're stressed at work, it's never actually going to change it for the long term. So it actually ends up being a lot damn quicker. Hey, thanks for listening. Oh, I have three freebies. Number one, get your full edited transcription with bullet points of the key lessons from today's show on our website, fitnesssecrets.co. That's fitnesssecrets with an S at the end, .co. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter, which gets you access to our monthly freebie marketing and operations content that you can use for your own fitness business. Freebie number two. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to the show in your podcast player by hitting the subscribe button. Since the show happens because of listeners like you, could you also leave a review? If you email us your review at support at fitnessSecrets.co, you'll receive a complimentary one-hour coaching call with me and a $150 credit towards the first challenge that we will be releasing soon. Finally, freebie number three. We started the Fitness Secrets Facebook group. I know thinking and designing of new marketing campaigns, planning out your operations each month for your fitness clients is exhausting. Our goal is for the group to help you plan out your marketing, plan out your operations so you can get more clients efficiently. To join, go to facebook.com and search Fitness Business Secrets. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.